0: You're listening to the Jesuit Student Life Podcast. Be sure to check back often for
1: more episodes and events.
0: The Saints season has officially begun. We're one and one going into week three, and it's time for some analysis. So our top analyst, Mr. Bain's father is back and ready for more. He's brought alongside him a stellar cast, including the one and only legendary Coach Lamont. Enjoy.
2: Saints podcast. Those of you guys who listen to the Pelicans podcast, we appreciate it. This one's going to deal totally with the Saints, and we're going to cover a few topics that uh, probably will interest you. We have uh, talking in the podcast today, uh, Merrick Ritolo. Merrick, which grade are you in? He's a junior. Uh, Merrick Ritolo. We have Dominic Gennaro, Jr., former AP student, very knowledgeable about the Saints, and who Mr. DeRosa calls the most knowledgeable faculty member in uh, on the Saints, Coach Lamoth. So I'll ask you, we'll go through a couple of questions, and I'm gonna start with uh, Coach Lamoth and we're going to just say, what did you think about the Raiders game? Give us your opinion on what happened there. What, was, what were the issues in that game?
3: Well, the Raiders game, you know, as a coach, sometimes I think it was a uh, trap game. You know, Stuck between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. And on the road, facing you know a team that they felt they were probably superior to, didn't have the, quite the focus they need. And in the NFL, if you don't come prepared... Anyone will beat you. The talent level is not that that different. So I think that was part of the problem. They, they, they played very uninspired football to me. Uh, and, so, uh, and the Raiders, I think, were very inspired to play well, being the opening of the stadium, and also uh, playing a good team to show that they're a good team. So I think one team brought high intensity. The other team looked like they were flat. That, that's a, that
2: a that's a good point, a trap game because you always hear that, especially in the SEC, when LSU goes to play Alabama. That week before, that two week before, two weeks before, that's always a sloppy game. You always see that in, in uh, college football in the NFL when they have a big game the next week, and you and that's actually a good point. They got the Packers coming in, and they probably thought, hey, we you know looking ahead a little bit, even though coaches preach against that all the time it's just natural for the players to uh to do it. What stuck out in your mind, Merrick, about the game?
1: Well, I think we got off to a good start. I mean we're up ten nothing and I think like what Coach Lamar said, it was they thought it was gonna be a just a flyby. They thought they'd get get around it without without playing to the full intensity and then and it showed in the in the second half we only scored seven points and, and that was the just to get it to twenty four. So um I think I mean it, it was it was a rough game penalties obviously cost us a bunch but um it just was not Saints football out there uh, on Monday night.
2: Yeah, I told my wife after the second drive that we're going to win this game 50 to nothing. Yeah. So that's uh, uh that was kind of uh you know, indicative. I thought they were going to just slaughter this team and then next thing you know, we're fighting for our lives. Um Coach, coach, what do you think, I mean, how much of an impact is the Michael, uh, Michael Thomas injury on this?
3: Well, anytime time you lose probably your best player, it's going to impact you. Michael Thomas gives the Saints kind of with that tight end for Waller for uh, uh, Las Vegas has. That is a tough matchup, and they can always beat most of the people that they're going to put on. And that, in other words, the quarterback always knows I, ha- I have this guy that, that I can count on to get open. The Saints, really, without Michael Thomas, you know, they have Kamara coming out of the backfield, but other than him, they can't really count on any of the receivers to beat uh, coverage every play like Michael Thomas does. That's why he caught so many passes last year. No matter what teams did to him, he found they found a way to get him open, or he found a way to get open, and that's what they're missing right now. Somebody that Breeze can rely on, like uh, you know, Rogers with with Adams, you know, Devontae Adams. He knows he's always going to be open for him. In key situations. So,
2: so Dominic, if you had to pick one guy in the Saints
0: lineup that you think needs to step up to replace Michael Thomas, who do you think it is? It's gotta be Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, it might be his first time like playing with the Saints, but he was brought in to like spell off Michael Thomas so they can't just key up on him. And he didn't do that because he doesn't know the system really yet. So he's still adjusting like in the game. Pretty sure uh, Traquan Smith had to like tell Smith I had to tell uh, Emmanuel Sanders where to line up because he didn't know, like, how he's supposed to be in the formation, and he just didn't get the job done.
2: Yeah, and uh, Coach Lamoff brought up a point the other day uh, at lunch where he says that Thomas and Sanders, are, they're different receivers. Like, Sanders is a, I'm a beach beat deep guy, and Thomas is a possession receiver. Do you see anyone else who could maybe fill that bill?
1: Well, I think, I think Traquan Smith stepped up big time on Monday night. I mean, he had a bunch of catches, and, and he, was, he was wide open most of the time. So I think him, um, I mean, Jared Cook maybe, I mean, the, the guy we got from the Raiders, he didn't really play that big of a role on Monday night. So I think uh, those two guys, and then, and then maybe get Hill involved in the passing game. He showed he could play, he could, he could play last year uh, as a tight end wide receiver. So maybe, maybe Taysom um, a bigger role on, on Sunday night. To that
3: point, I think one of the problems in the game was the Raiders so dominated time of possession that the Saints didn't have the ball a lot. And I know, you know, from when when I used to be offensive coordinator, when you don't have the ball a lot, there's a lot of stuff you had planned you never get to because you just don't have the ball to get to it. You know, so you're kind of still working through what your plan was, but you never got to some of the things that you wanted to do. Right.
2: So, Coach Lamoth, what are your thoughts on Drew Brees? I know he's getting a lot of heat from the media. Yeah. A lot of people saying he looks old. Uh, what are your thoughts?
3: I think at this point it's a little bit of an over, overreaction. He is older, obviously, and he is declining. And I think that's why it's important to do what the Saints did to try to put more weapons around him as he declines. But I think uh, two bad games, you know, uh, and the Saints always start slow. You can't say, well, he's falling off the cliff yet. We'll know by the end of the season if he's actually fallen off the cliff, he had, if he had lost it all. But I think it's an overreaction at this point. He's getting a lot of pressure up front from the, between the, the two guards, you know, area, the guards and centers. And that's always bothered him. And uh, he's, he's gotten hit a lot in the first two games. You know, they haven't really uh, settled that area, even though they drafted the number one pick there. I, I think that hopefully will improve for them. but. Um, I think this week you know if he doesn't step up here you might really start thinking he's declined because now he's hearing it and he's a prideful guy you know all professional athletes are so he's gonna come out playing his best game and and if it doesn't look good then Maybe he's right. Really, bad sign? Yeah, it's a bad sign.
0: What you think, Dominic, about Drew Brees? I think he needs Michael Thomas at this point. Like Michael Thomas kinda like opens up the whole field for him. Because, like when in this game, like no one was really open. Like Traquan had a lot of like big yard plays after the catch. But like Michael Thomas always finds a way to get open. So without that, he he had a do, he was doing a lot. Yeah. Like without like the easy passes to Michael Thomas.
2: So Let's talk let's talk about something positive with the Saints. So I'm gonna go around and uh give me one surprise, like a positive surprise or something positive that you saw in the Saints over the first two weeks. Uh Merrick, we'll start with you.
1: I'm gonna go to the defensive line, I'm gonna go to Trey Hendrickson. I think he played he had a he had a penalty on Monday night and then the next next play he got he had a, a stop in the backfield for like a five yard loss. And um Against Tampa Bay, I think he had a couple sacks. I think he's doing really well, putting pressure on the quarterback, making him make a tough decision. So I think Hendrickson played pretty well. And then, um, I mean, Demario Davis is—you're always gonna, you're always gonna see it from him. So he's a—he's a hard-nosed football guy. So I think those two guys really played well. you gotta
2: team. think Hendrickson Hendrickson's one of their kind of draft picks that people don't talk about. That's a pretty good draft pick. Uh, what do you know, What round did they get him in? Do you know? Was late? I think late. Yeah. that's a that worked out pretty well. Yes, yeah.
1: deep, deep,
3: deep in the draft.
2: He's man. a he's a good player. Coach Moth gives us a pop. It, it's
3: funny. That's the first thing I was going to say is Trey Hendricks is uh you know especially with the um uh, not playing, you know and, and this guy when when they talk about him they say he's the most intense guy in the defensive room that yeah. he, he just he works his butt off in everything he does. And you're seeing it on the field, now it's paying off for him. Uh, another positive has been uh Kamara. Kamara's look really good. He looks healthy, he looks faster, quicker. Looks like the yeah, old Kamara. He looks like the old Kamara, you know. And uh, so I think that's been really positive because at the end of last year you were just questioning, you know, maybe he's taken too much of a beating in a few years he's he's been in the league. Yeah. But he looks he looks like his first year. He looks really, really He does good. look great. I yeah. wish I'd have
2: got him in fantasy football. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> Dominic, what surprise his positives that you have?
3: I think um
0: probably Lattimore. He's probably like the he's like the only secondary player who I'm like not worried about, kinda. Like he can get beat sometimes, but it like happens like once, basically. Right. And I haven't seen that like any I think he gave Mike Evans only had like zero had like zero catches, I'm pretty sure. With Lattimore guarding him like the whole game. Uh, yeah, he's
2: definitely a franchise cornerback. Yeah. I mean that's another guy that you're gonna have to wind up signing. Right in yeah. the off season, He's a really good player. A
0: lot of guys to end up signing.
2: Yeah. That's a good point, too. So, if we, what do you think are the issues in the secondary? Like, what do you think was the issue with Waller, Coach Lamoth? Like, what do you think was the well, issue with that?
3: I, I'm going to tell you, you know, everybody's talking about Breeze Look like he's, you know, getting old. I, I think uh, Malcolm Jenkins looks yeah. like he's getting old. He looks like a step slower. You know, he, he, to me, hadn't played good in the first two games. You know, uh, I was mentioning to you uh, s the, the other safety that picked, yeah, I, I thought he played much better in the first game and he wasn't even active for the second game, they had him as inactive, you know, I was like, I think he would have done a better job against Waller. Um, you know. Uh, what you thought on
2: the penalties, like they, I mean this, this crazy number of penalties not only getting uh, in the secondary, right. but everywhere
3: but you've coached, and you know, and it's so true at every level of of football, turnovers and penalties kill you correct. It's hard to win a game when you turn the ball over and you have penalties and the saints you know are the are, I think the most penalized team in the first two games I you think know? that's
2: right, I think I did read that and, and, and they and, were highly penalized last year, yeah.
3: right. So, uh, you know, some of the penalties in the secondary, in my opinion, has been ticky-tack, like the one they called the other night on Jackrabbit. You know, I thought the receiver was pushing off. They were hand-fighting down the field. You don't call that in a, in a game situation when the game's on the line. It wasn't anything obvious, you know. I think, I, you know, they've had a couple of them that were obvious, but I think several of them were ticky-tack calls, you know. Um, but you've got to stop the penalty. You can't beat yourself. NFL. Right. Yeah, you, know, you can is a league that everybody has some time if you beat yourself you will lose. If you don't come ready to play you will lose. Yeah. Uh we talked about Drew Brees
2: already. Merrick, give me another, you know, area of concern that you might have Some in the in, you know, on either side of the ball. Like one another concern coach coach uh, Lamoth mentioned push up front in the interior of the offensive line. We talked a little bit about Ma- Malcolm Jenkins. Any other concerns you uh have?
1: I think the chemistry on defense. Obviously, you know I think Von Bell really meshed well with those guys. I think they had a they they communicated well in the secondary. I think Malcolm Jenkins coming in um, might have messed that up a little bit. Um, and then you don't have that second guy. You don't have that second cornerback that can play opposite Lattimore yet. Um, you haven't. Nobody's really put their name out there that stepped up in in the first two games at least that that can uh, go go with Lattimore on the other side. So I think that on defense, and then. I mean, just just the intensity look look weak in in the first two games. I mean, we come. They at it. definitely
2: looked a little lethargic against the Raiders, like uh, so. I don't know if that's like a crowd, or yeah. I think it's probably more looking ahead. You know, like hey, we got the Packers next week, but they did not look as intense as the Raiders. You that's you one hundred percent right there. Uh, and what is your what are your thoughts, Dominic? Um, what do you think we need to have the biggest improvement to beat the Packers?
0: Mm, probably wide receiver core. Like they just gotta step fill in for Thomas. Cause if they can't, like I really don't. Under- We'd have to throw like Camaro twenty times, honestly, cause he's like the only one doing something. <laughs> you
2: might be right.
0: Like <laughs> Coach Gino would be happy. I think he's drafted Camaro.
2: <laughs> what? So, Coach Lamoth, in your mind, what did the Saints have to do to beat the Packers on well, Sunday?
3: I-, I think again, the, the middle of the offensive line has been my biggest concern and they need to solidify that you know pete being hurt i don't know where he's at right now uh i think easton is a good lineman but not you know outstanding yeah and i think the rookie might be in over his head right now with no preseason games that's who it hurts the most you know the offense defensive line without the contact so i think that's one of the problems we're having both in the passing game and the running game right now i think the tackles have been solid you know the offensive tackles but That's my concern, and I think you're going to have to run the ball against Green Bay uh, and try to control it a little more and keep Rodgers and them off the field. They've been lighting it up so far this year. I hadn't seen them play, but the statistics you look at, you know, they've (laughs) been outstanding. So uh, I think you want to play, you know, uh, ball control kind of like the Raiders did us and keep them on the sidelines as much as possible, you know, and take some of the load off of Breeze. That'll help you passing game when you can run, you can throw, you know. And I think, you know, both Kamara and, and uh, Murray have been probably two of their better players, right? And I think Murray every time he's got opportunities he's shown well. He's solid. You know? He's solid and he's a good change of pace for Kamara. And I think, you know, you put the burden there some and give your offensive line more of a chance by blowing, you know, coming off the ball hitting people. So, you know, that's, that's what
2: I'd like to see against Green Bay. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Maybe try to throw it to the tight end more just to kind of keep possessions right. and just kind of move the ball down the field and keep the ball. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was not, was not happy that they drafted Jordan Love. Right. Because he's showing everyone that, right. hey, I'm still good to go. And he's just, I mean, right now, he's probably the MVP in the league, arguably, uh, after the first uh, two weeks. Right. Um, So let's talk about this, guys. So as you know, there's just an insane number of great players that got hurt injury-wise after the first two weeks. Bosa, Barkley, Thomas, McCaffrey, Locke, Mack. Um, How much do you contribute that to no preseason? Anyone have any
3: thoughts on that? I think it's largely because of that, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I think – I mean, the numbers are so high and the only real difference has been that they didn't have their normal training that they've had the whole off season in previous years, you know. And, and uh, you know, a lot of it's soft tissue issues, which means pull muscles and, and you know, joints and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's the only thing I can see that that why it's so great is because the training wasn't was the build up wasn't was. It
2: normally was. Yeah. And even, you know, affecting the Saints, uh, you know, the argue, arguably uh, you know, their best player is hurt. Right. You know, now now Kamara looks great right now, but he's arguably the best player on their team. And all of those guys we mentioned are arguably some of the best players. Right. Right. All right. So since we got the jackhammer going, so you guys, fantasy football. So what the kids wanted to talk about a little bit was – so we have these injuries. We have injuries to these running backs. Any of you guys have any sleepers out there, of uh, people that you would pick up uh, to replace these running backs? Coach Lamoth, I think you had one you want to talk about.
3: I, I actually have two. Uh, I like looking at uh, young running backs, rookie running backs, second-year running backs, that uh, they have a chance to give you a big upside later in the uh, season you know, as they work their way in. Uh, the guy uh, from – From Miami the rookie McCaskin I want to say his name is uh he's been getting a lot of touches you know he's like a third down type back he gets you know they they run him he gets a fair number of touches in the run game but also the passing game I think last game he had seven rush attempts and he had uh seven catches and he's been scoring you know in the 10 to 15 range both games and uh Miami always being behind I think he's got a chance to, you know, have a good big upside, you know. And uh, the other one is the running back, the rookie running back from San Diego, uh, Los Angeles uh, Chargers, not San Diego, but uh, Joshua Kelly. Again, last game he had 23 touches and two catches. He had 25 touches in in, in, in the second game for a rookie running back. And uh, he's shown well. You know, he led the team in rushing the first week and the second week. So uh, I think his his role will either remain consistent or expand, you know, uh, as the season goes on. So.
2: Dominic, would you got anybody for the uh, the Jesuit fantasy football guys out there?
3: Mm,
0: probably just gotta look for the injured run un, injured running backs backups. Just like see if they're still available. See if you can get them. Uh, J.K. Dobbins from the Ravens. He's been getting a lot more touches lately. So Mark Ingram's being a lot limited of a role. Yeah,
2: I drafted Mark Ingram. You're right; he's very limited role right now. Yeah. Dobbins is like, and he's putting Dobbins in on the goal line, mm-hmm. you know. So, which is not great at all for uh, Mark Ingram.
0: Mm-hmm. But he got that one touchdown. Yeah, Merrick, yeah, they, you have any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I like Mike Davis. Uh, he's a replacement for McCaffrey out of Carolina. Um, kind of a bigger guy, so I think just like there, y'all were saying, uh, at the goal line, he'll get the touches there. He'll get fit in right there and then you look at what the Giants are going to do they just signed Devontae Freeman they got Dion Lewis and then they got um, Wayne, go- Wayne Gallman from Clemson so I think you got to see I mean this week see what they do how they use them and then um, and then go with one of those guys
3: with, with fantasy football I think it's one of the things you need to look at that a lot of people don't look at is you have to look at targets and touches you know, if a guy's not getting high enough volume even if he looks good if he doesn't get enough touches in a, on a regular basis then he's not going to score a lot of points like you have a big week every now and then but the touches so you got to find some you know resource that tells you how many times a receiver was targeted and how many touches a running back got in the game and stuff because he wanted up around 15 touches a game you know if, if it's below 15 he's probably just not going to touch the ball enough. You do you, you track him maybe, put him on your watch list and track him and see if his touches are going up as, as he performs better. Yeah, but if they're not getting enough touches, they could look good in one game. The next game they, they may not because they just didn't get the ball enough. All right, thank you, gentlemen. We'll end that today.
2: Appreciate you coming by. We'll end it with the jackhammer in the background. So thank you very much.
1: Don't forget to check out the Jesuit Student Life page on Canvas. Go Jays!